Well, Razorback fans, I know a lot of you have been asking me about the basketball transfer portal because I was talking it up last week. So what's going on? All right. All right. Let's go ahead and discuss it. Let's talk about what we know. as Well, as a lot more on today's Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Razorbacks Podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037thebuzz and 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday, as I know we're going to dive into basketball, football, baseball, get to it all on today's Locked On Razorbacks. But, uh, you know, I, I wanted to go in with a basketball side of things today, or at least start off with that. Because I I can't tell you how many tweets I got yesterday, and it wasn't like anything mean. It was just more like, hey, you know, you said you were all excited about the portal, and you said you're excited about the weekend, and you said you were excited about this, that. What's well, happened? I haven't heard anything. What's going on? And uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I was excited last week, and I had been hearing some things, and I know that the things that I had been hearing be coming from trusted sources, and I don't think that changed. I don't think that there was anything in that regard, but. I do believe that there are so many things that go on with the the transfer portal and where you as a team or as a staff feel really confident about somebody that you're going to be bringing in, but then something happens to where that player gets uh, maybe a better offer, that player suddenly uh, you know gets interested somewhere else or another school pops up, and it's not to say that you're out of the running or that uh, you have no chance at it, it's just things change. Now, that could be a cliche answer or a, a cop-out answer, if you will. And so some of you that may accuse of that, that's fine. Like, I, I get it. But I'm just trying to, as they say, keep it real with you. Because that's kind of the way it is sometimes when it comes to this. So when you had Musselman and, and the whole staff go so hot and heavy with five players coming out of the transfer portal, it becomes and starts to beg the question of, okay, so... Are they going to go after a big man? Because they got guards out the wazoo. We know that. They do have two guys that are key returnees with Trevin Brazil and Jalen Graham, who have announced they're returning. Uh, they also have, of course, Bay Fall coming in. And Makai Mitchell's still on the team. But as weird as it is, he hasn't said one way or the other of whether or not he's staying or whether or not he's going. The assumption is that he's staying unless something changes, unless they add somebody else to the mix. But that's kind of what you're looking at right now. And the Jordan Walsh, Devo Davis situation where they've gone pro, but they're still leaving it open for them to come back. Um, I think that that's still, you know, a kind of a weird deal. But uh, that's where the roster is right now. And it really hasn't changed uh, at all since the departure of Barry Dunning. You know, uh, I mean, and uh, last week when there, there were some other transfers added, it's, Basically all quiet on the Western front, as they say. So I, I thought that, you know, Curtis Wilkerson, I'm not trying to say he, st- he stole my thunder because he didn't because we were great minds think alike. But he did write a great article with Hogsports.com yesterday about Arkansas and their need for a big man. Like, do they need to go the route of bringing in a big man and getting another forward, getting another post player to come and help out? And I thought it was really interesting the way he put it, where uh, you talk about the guards and you talk about. Uh, you know, what they've been able to do in, in the portal and who they have coming back. And there's no question that 
uh, the Razorbacks have done an outstanding job in the portal. In fact, most national people you talk to feel like Arkansas is one of, if not the best team when it comes to their transfer portal additions. And this was a great point by Curtis to where uh, it, it really puts things into consideration. Now, again, this is from Hogsports.com. It says there are, dozen, there are a dozen uh, centers, post players, ranked inside the top 100 of the transfer portal, according to 24-7 Sports. Of that group, two missed either most or all of last season with injury, and only five averaged double-figure scoring over the full year, with just three doing so at a major level. Only two. Michigan's Hunter Dickinson and Oklahoma State's uh, Musa Cisse. I think how you say it. Cisse. Uh, those are the two. who are Hunter Dickinson's number one and Oklahoma State's Musa is number 87. Both of those are the ones that remain committed. And then after that, if you're going to the power forward spot, uh, that Oliver kid from Tennessee is who is ranked number 47 in the transfer portal rankings is still on the board. So you're talking about when it comes to the high level guys, those are the three players that remain uncommitted that are either post players or power forward players in the top 100 of 24 sevens rankings. Now that can change as we know, like there could always be a player that is currently on a college basketball roster that enters into the portal that what was like, geez, wow. I didn't even see that coming. Didn't even know that was going to happen. Like that can always change, but it's pretty slim pickings right now when it comes to the guys that they're actually interested in. Obviously, Hunter Dickinson was the one that got a lot of uh, got a lot of traction, which he took a visit to Kentucky. Uh, apparently, I guess it went well, whatever that means. Uh, I know Kansas is still in the mix, and I still believe, even though it may not be as hot and heavy as it was because of the fact that um, he hasn't done an official visit, I still believe Arkansas is at least in the running, in the mix for Hunter Dickinson. It may be a smaller chance than what it is with Kentucky or Kansas, but I still believe it's there. It's at least there, and the interest is still there. So it's not exactly the the biggest pot of high-level big men to go into and try to bring in. And so that starts to make you think, okay, well, you still got some really good players, and you got a five-star player that's going to be really known for his defense. What about, so what about Makai Mitchell? Because let me ask you something. If Arkansas was unable to pull in a Hunter Dickinson or any of these other big-time players, it's not like Makai Mitchell is just a scrub. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's a nobody that has no experience, that had no good moments last year, and he just is somebody that's like, oh, he's just a waste of a scholarship. That's not the case at all. Now, if you're wanting me to, to sit here and say, who's, who would you rather have, Hunter Dickinson or Makai Mitchell? I think we all know the answer to that. But if Arkansas is unable to nab one of these big men, then Makai Mitchell coming back is not the worst thing in the world. Because honestly, he was the, he was the perennial starter for the most of the season at that center position. There were times he was extremely efficient, especially offensively, where he doesn't shoot the ball a whole lot, but he would go out there and get you you know, 12 and seven on some cases and, you know, not turn the ball over a whole lot and just do some pretty nice things. So the point is, is that even if Arkansas does not bring in a big man or if they don't nail or bring in one of the uh, big time players that are still in the portal, it's not like it's the end of the world. And suddenly this team is just, they're going to fall short again. Like that, that's not the case at all. 
because I think that also skilled big men uh, are pretty tough to come by as it is, especially in the transfer portal. And I was even, uh, again, Curtis Wilkerson doing a great job of this, but you know, he brought up the fact that he's like, if you look at the other starting centers for the final four teams with uh, uh, the golden kid from FAU, Omener from Miami, and Mensa from San Diego State, they were solid, but they weren't anything like just, oh, dominant. Now, for Sonago and Cleegan, the kids on UConn, those were like exceptions to the rule because those guys were so dominant. But again, it's not about just like, if you can get a Dickinson, that's great. But if you can't, it's not the end of the world. Now, with the whole Walsh situation, if they need another player kind of like him, I, I, I would like to see that too. Like if they can't get a great big man, but if they can get somebody that was like, you know, a, a good wing player that it's like six seven, uh, has great athleticism, and uh, can provide defense and be a really good defensive player, assuming that Walsh can, is moving on and going pro, then I think that would be a great get too. I think that that would be something that everybody would be on board with, even Eric Musselman. But the the point is, is that they're not done. They're not stopping. They're not just okay. Well, we're we're washing our hands of the deal and we're sitting back and. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know, I, I, they're not doing that. They're constantly contacting in the portal, looking at people, uh, testing people. And sometimes it's even so close to the chest that you may not even know about it. Because I, there have been a few players, like legitimately, that Arkansas has brought in via the transfer portal that were pretty sudden, pretty like out of, out of left field, where it's like, whoa, what? <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. I think back to like when Jimmy Witt came back. It was like the next day after he entered the portal. It was like, oh, okay. So again, it, it's it it's something that's ongoing, it's something that's working. But it, you know, basing it off of what I said last week, I still believe that the staff is very excited about what they have done, but also excited about some of the players that they have been talking to and that they have been dealing with. Just sometimes these things take time, and sometimes they have other things that pop up that may change a little bit, and they just gotta they gotta keep at it and keep bringing it in. But I'll say all that to say this, and you can say that I'm just, uh, you know, again, just going along with the the flow of the rose-colored glasses, whatever it is. But I believe that even if Arkansas added no more players, uh, which they're going to have to essentially, but just we'll put it this way. If Arkansas added no more players and got Devo Walsh, you know, one of those guys back, they're still a team that's good enough to make it back to the second weekend, maybe even the final four. Like they are. They absolutely have the talent to do so. Now, I know it's easier said than done, but that type of team will be good enough, talented enough, experienced enough, and really not have a major weakness, at least on paper, to make it back. Sometimes we just get a little greedy, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I get a little greedy when I start looking at uh, you know, Eric Musselman and what he's been able to do and how he's been able to bring in some of these big-time players, but... Um, this, this talent, this roster has extreme talent. And I think that they will be in a, a great place to be contenders again next year and be a team that uh, is not a team that you'll want to play come March because you still got Eric Musselman, you still got experience, still got plenty of guys, but uh, the roster's not done yet. They're still working on it. So I uh, just got to wait and see. And uh, hopefully we find out something here soon. What I'm hoping for, we will see. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about baseball from last night and uh, some of the frustrations that came from that. But first, folks, I got to tell you about Built Bar. And, uh, you know, I've been bringing it up really since the podcast began. I've been one of the 
great, great advertisers here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And there's a reason why they are continuing on with us, because not only do we have a large platform to be able to talk about them, but they have the means and the resources to do advertising because they have a great product. It's something that people buy and invest in, and they just continue to grow the brand. They have so many different flavors to choose from when it comes to the best and greatest tasting protein bar there is. And they also are so easy and convenient where they're covered in chocolate. So that's why I know they taste great. But they're also 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. The reason why people eat them so many times, you can, you know, if you're someone that likes the snacks or likes the candies, throw those out and replace them with Built Bar. They'll taste just as good and be so much healthier for you. So check them out at Built.com. You can see all the different selections and flavors that they have to choose from. You can also go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club pharmacy section over there, and they have the different boxes that you can choose from there. So no matter how it is, whether it's online or via Walmart and Sam's, check out Built Bars at Built.com. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. Oh, Razorback baseball have lost four in a row, and uh, they dropped another one last night against Missouri State uh, on the road in Springfield, losing eight to four, and which was just really set up by one really bad inning. That's what it came down to. Uh, Arkansas was actually uh, only trailing two to one heading into the third inning, but uh, Missouri State scored five runs. In, the, in that third inning, and it was all against Zach Morris, who uh, was a guy who played on the team a lot last year, but been trying to get him back into the mix. And after that, as well as a uh, two inning or a two run home run there uh, later in the game, too, uh, it was seven to two before you could even, you know, blink. So, uh, so you had Zach Morris, you also had Austin Ledbetter pitch, uh, Cody Adcox, the one that got the start. Uh, but then at the end, you had Ben Bybee come in, which I thought uh, was, he actually did a really good job. And uh, it just wasn't enough. You, you didn't get enough hits. You didn't have enough going for you. And uh, there was a lot of frustrations that started to boil over from some people. And, you know, I get it. I get it. You have, an, you have a very high expectation, just like I do, just like we all do, about this Razorback baseball team. And if you just watch Dave Van Horn's press conference last night, you can see it's like he's not panicking. He's not freaking out. He's not thinking the world is coming to an end. It's kind of like, hey, it's, sometimes it's just baseball. They didn't play a lot of players. You know, like Peyton Stovall, uh, they, they were resting him as he's been dealing with some, uh, just some nagging pain. So, uh, you know, he didn't play. They're trying to get guys experienced. And as Dave Van Horn put it so succinctly, uh, they're trying to just get guys as many reps as possible. So that way, if, when we need them, when it matters the most in postseason and, you know, when there's quick turnarounds and a lot more games and, you know, we want these guys to be as ready as possible. And a lot of times that's what happens in midweek series games or midweek games in general. And if you don't believe me, then just look at the rest of the SEC yesterday as LSU lost to Nichols. You had uh, Georgia losing to Georgia State. Uh, you know, you had a few other teams in the SEC that lost midweek games to teams that they should be better than. So sometimes that's just the way it goes. Uh, you know, the thing about Georgia and that series, that was bad. Like that's something that you don't want to have and don't want to do, especially when you were so close, like a play or two away from winning two of those games, and you just couldn't come up with it big. Like that happens. It's unfortunate, but it happens, and you got to bounce back. But this week against Texas A&M, this is where it, they're going to have to start putting some things together. 
Uh, you're getting some guys back from injury, which is nice because, they. I mean, it's like a, a hospital over there with how many players are injured uh, on the Razorback baseball team. But it looks like Brady Tigert's coming back. He may even start uh, to try to get him back into the mix, maybe on sat, uh, the second game or maybe the third game. Uh, Brady Tigert will get the start, so uh, look to him getting back. It doesn't look like, uh, geez, I mean, it doesn't look like Josenberger is going to be going uh, for a while now as he had a, uh, they called it a grade one hamstring injury which is the better of it, I think is how he said it. So he's going to be out, but it's not a full tear or anything. Uh, he won't play this week. Uh, there'll be some other guys are trying to get back, but you got to be able to win your home series. And Arkansas has been an absolute uh, dominating force at home. So you're hoping that if they can come back, bounce back, win two out of three at least against Texas A&M, get right back on track, continue to get guys healthy and continue to get guys some reps, It'll all be good. But yeah, losing four straight games is not something that's ideal, and that's not something you want to do. I get it. I totally get it. But uh, Parker Rowland's another one, too. Uh, he did not start, but it looks like that uh, he's going to be able to go this week. They, they didn't. They, he said they could have gone. Uh, David Horn said he could have gone last night, uh, but uh, they wanted to make sure, you know, not, not push it and make sure that he's ready to go against Texas A&M this week. So uh, I, I just feel like it's, it's fine. You know, it's totally fine. Uh, they, they're moving some things around. So Brady Slavens went out there to left field for the first time since his freshman year. Uh, you know, Jace Borfin played center field. You know, they're, they're just looking, th- looking at things, you know, trying to get as many reps to guys, trying to get as many players in there. And there's a lot of guys that didn't even make the trip because of that fact. So point is, is that I'm not concerned. I'm not worried. I, I know that it's frustrating. You don't want to lose games, especially when you know what's on the line of trying to get to the point to where you can host uh, a regional and a super regional. Like nobody wants to deal with that. I get it. but. You know, let's let's see how this plays out. Some people just push the panic button and just say everything's bad and it's so dumb. Like, relax. Like, there's a reason why. Listen, it's not college football where you lose a game, your your, your chances of postseason are toast. There's a reason why everybody that wins a championship in baseball is normally not the most dominating or even a top three team in college baseball. It's just about playing your best at the right time. They're not right now, but as long as they are, you're soon. It'll be okay. So just everybody just relax on that. Uh, We'll get to the final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast and talk a little Razorback football and some transfer portal stuff coming up next. So stay with us. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So final segment here on the Locked on Razorbacks podcast, Uh, you know, Transfer portal is still going on, as we talked about it for basketball. And then for football, it's also going on, which, uh, you know, Arkansas is still trying to key in on a few players in the transfer portal. And one of those players being is one that just recently entered in. I'm hope I've tried. I keep mispronouncing his name, so I'm probably going to do it here. But uh, Montana Lamonius Craig, who is the uh, fourth year junior wide receiver for the Colorado Buffaloes. Uh, he was one of the ones that really showed out in the spring game for Colorado. And uh, he entered into the portal as soon as the game ended. He has a lot of different offers, and but Arkansas has been one of those that have really gotten to the mix. Which, by the way, uh, you know, speaking of Colorado and Deion Sanders, not to go on a tangent here, but I feel like it's it's necessary. I I'm sorry, but I I, I have never really been a huge fan of Deion Sanders. You know, the whole um, you know his way of doing things and the, and the loudness that he does it with, which I get. You know, he backed it up as a player. Can't deny that fact. But still, it's just sometimes I feel like it's he he wants to be so different and be so over the top that 
uh, it ends up be just coming across in the wrong way. And he doesn't care what I have to say, but it just always rubbed me the wrong way. And then the way that he handled and has handled at least Colorado in that roster when he walks in the first day to the meeting and basically says, y'all are going to start hitting the portal because I'm bringing Louie with me. It's like, dude, you don't even know these kids. Like these are kids that have scholarships, that have families that like, there's a lot. And you, you were just like not talking one-on-one with them, but you did it in front of them all on camera and put out the video about it. It's like, I understand you want to get the best players because, I mean, that's what we talk about with Razorback basketball. It's like, hey, you want to get the best players, and if you have to tell somebody, hey, we're going a different direction, you need to go to the portal, that's, that's part of the business, and that's something. But just walking in first time in the team meeting and just saying, yeah, yeah I'm bringing in so much better players than you and then putting a video out on it. Like, I would feel the same way if, you know, with, like, Barry Dunning leaving, if Musk was telling him to leave, that Musk puts out a video, and is, it's like him and, and, and uh, Barry Dunning, and he's just like, listen, you know, you're going to have to hit the portal because I'm bringing in somebody better than you. Like that, that's just, it's just, it's not the way you do things. It's not the way you should handle things. And now that there's so many players hitting in the transfer portal from Colorado, like everyone, you know, there's some people that are defending Deion saying, oh yeah, he's got to bring, okay, we'll see. We'll see. But you know, he, he can do whatever he wants and, and how he wants it, but I'm not rooting for him. I'm kind of hoping he fails to be honest, but that's just me. But either way, uh, Mamonius Craig, who is a great wide receiver and he has already offers from Arkansas, Auburn, uh, Washington State, Penn State, Arizona, Cincinnati, California, BYU, West Virginia, UCF, Mississippi State, Oregon State, among others. Uh, he's into the mix, and Arkansas's reached out to him. And I was like, man, that would be a huge get for Arkansas, which I love the wide receivers that they've added. But if you can add a big-time player like that, who's already proven that he can be at the Power 5 level and uh, be an incredible athlete and uh, be able to add something into the mix, an experienced guy who is a fourth-year junior wide receiver, I think that would be an absolutely outstanding addition to Arkansas and and uh, adding to that wide receiver depth. I, now, th- how much of a chance do they have? I don't know. Look, you see how many offers he had and how many schools were mentioned there? Like, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to be like a guy that uh, is really interested in Arkansas or not. But it certainly seems like Arkansas is very interested in him. And they're trying to add maybe some more wide receivers to the depth, too. And uh, I think it would be a great move if uh, they were able to, to keep him and uh, get him to play in Fayetteville. It would be awesome. But still... Uh, shows up Sam Pittman and the staff still working. They still got scholarship availability, still a lot of players in that portal, and they're still trying to build on some depth. They've done a great job in the portal so far. And if they added uh Montana Lamonius Craig, then man, you know, let's really get going. Let's really see how it all plays out. But uh, we'll see if that actually ends up happening. Lots of things that need to happen until then, but either way, appreciate everybody listening in to the locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google play. You can also get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors for any questions, comments, concerns that you may have. We'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.